Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the IC Old People Podcast. The IC Old People Podcast is an ongoing discussion of all things senior. We talk about what it's like to be older, what, it, what the ups, the downs, the uh, hard work, the joys of being a senior. I'm a newly minted senior. I'm Dr. Bruce. I'm your host. Welcome aboard. Today we have a really interesting topic. We're going to talk about sugar. It's a topic that's close to my heart, but first I just want to let you know how I was doing. I'm a couple weeks into my uh, 60s now. My birthday was uh, two Saturdays ago. I celebrated in a very low-key and uh, enjoyable way. My wife and I went out for a nice dinner. Uh, very, very enjoyable. We had a great time. <clears throat> we had a five o'clock reservation at the restaurant, so I definitely know that I'm into my 60s now. Uh, I don't feel old, but I certainly like to eat a little earlier in the evening, and then we got home in time to uh, enjoy a nice quiet evening, and we played some cards, some gin together. So very quiet, very quiet compared to my 50th uh, birthday party 10 years ago and I don't want to repeat those types of parties anymore. I'm feeling pretty healthy. I feel pretty good today considering that it is the first week in December. It's minus six degrees out there. It's pretty cold in Norfolk County but uh, I'm starting to adapt to it. We're starting to get ready. There's a little bit of snow on the ground. Very very little. Uh, starting to feel a lot like Christmas I guess is what I'm trying to say. So the Christmas season is upon us. I have my pre-op at the end of the week. I'm uh, looking forward to starting to get that process started. I'm going to be having some surgery uh, in two weeks, two weeks from tomorrow on the 18th. So I'm going to have an umbilical hernia repaired. So we'll uh, talk a little bit about that as we uh, are getting to know each other a little bit more. <clears throat> You'll see what my pain tolerance uh, is for uh, a relatively minor surgery. It's a very, very small hernia. So I am uh, quite pleased to... Uh, be looking uh, after it, getting it repaired and uh, carrying on without my belly button poking out uh, of my, uh, when I wear a t-shirt. My weight is still really, really good. I'm, I'm still holding under 250. It's been really, really difficult for me to get down to that 240 kind of plateau and stay there, but uh, I'm feeling good. I'm going to the gym. I'm exercising regularly. I, I'm lifting weights when I'm at the gym. I'm doing cardio. I'm walking the dog. I'm trying to be active, I'm trying to be physical. So uh, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about everything. Uh, my mood sometimes at this time of year is not the best, but uh, I have to say that uh, perhaps it's this podcast, perhaps it is uh, just the time of year, perhaps just because I'm getting older, uh, my anxiety level and my uh, kind of doom and gloom kind of fall-like uh, attitude just, just hasn't been there. So I'm feeling pretty upbeat, I'm feeling pretty positive, and I'm really excited about this, uh, this podcast today. Again, if you're uh, new to the show, thank you. Probably a good place to start. I'm not particularly proud of my last two podcasts. Uh, I am an amateur, I am learning, and it's, uh, it's a steep learning curve, but I am getting better each time. I'm starting to be able to uh, uh, speak a little bit more clearly, get my thoughts out a little bit more clearly. So I'm kind of excited about it. I'm really excited about today's topic. Uh, one of the incarnations that I've had over the years is I, I've taught a little bit. 
and I taught at a local college, Fanshawe College, for about five years as a part-time professor. And uh, I taught in the uh, DSW program, or the uh, Developmental Social Services program, and I taught anatomy. Now, anatomy was a pretty scripted course because it was being taught uh, throughout the five campuses. So uh, we had to kind of cover the same material, uh, regular material at a regular time so that the uh, students could be prepared for any examinations or tests. And the tests were all standardized. So I had to teach basically to the content that would be on the test. But we had two free uh, lectures in the course of the school year. And one of the ones that I created was uh, a lecture on sugar. And to this day, uh, I think it is my best lecture. It's a three-hour lecture. It's all PowerPoint, a lot of graphs, a lot of pictures, uh, a lot of maps. So I can't use it in this format, which is unfortunate because I put a lot of time and, and effort into that PowerPoint. But it is one of my most well-received lectures. And I think it is one of my most well-received lectures because I am passionate about the subject. And I have been passionate about the subject of sugar for most of my life. Okay, so uh, my life changed tremendously back in 1975. I was at a, uh, what they called at the time, they called them health food stores. I don't know what they would be called today, but I was in a health food store. And I picked up a book called The Sugar Blues. And The Sugar Blues... Uh, by William Duffy. It's printed in 1975, so it was hot off the presses. So I was a 15-year-old uh, boy, and it impacted my life tremendously. Uh, William Duffy was uh, an American author. Uh, he, he's a Michigan native, came from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And The Sugar Blues, the book The Sugar Blues, sold 1.6 million copies. So he was uh, way, way ahead of his time. And what he was doing was he was identifying a problem with the sugar industry and the way sugar affects our health that nobody had really thought about. Uh, it was, certainly wasn't being presented in the press. Uh, sugar was just kind of entering into our lives at that time. So think about 1975. Probably the sweetest sugar thing around would be soda pop or uh, colas. And after that, you would maybe have some chocolate bars that would have been around in 1975. But this pervasion of sweetness, of, of sugary drinks, of sweet candies and sugar in almost everything, that really was just starting. So he was really a prophet for the times. One of the things that he was really addressing was how the sugar industry was changing and uh, was really putting out a lot of propaganda at the time. Uh, and that propaganda had started in the 60s, actually. So in the 1960s, the sugar industry... Okay, let's start... I'm going to start my history of sugar in the 60s because to go back to the beginning would take much, much more of a scholar than I will ever be. But the, the history of sugar is... Uh, Oh, it's horrible. It's uh, full of slavery, death, killing, greed. Uh, whole countries were destroyed because of the sugar industry. There's a fantastic book called Sugar, so it's easy to remember. It's just called Sugar, and it talks all about the history of the, uh, of the sugar industry. 
but the sugar industry in 1960 is starting to get a little bit sneakier and they start to, they really pull a, a fast one and the one the, what they pulled in the 60s basically changed our society to the point today where we have this obese obesity problem that is actually destroying our society the chronic illnesses and the obesity that is a result of these decisions that were made in the 60s. So in the 60s, the sugar industry funded research that downplayed the risks of sugar, and they highlighted the risks of fat. So what they did was they tried to shift the blame from sugar to fat. So the sugar-funded project in question, it was a literature review, and they examined a variety of studies and experiments. And in it, it suggested there were major problems with all the studies that implicated sugar, and it concluded that cutting fat out of the American diet was the best way to address coronary heart disease. Okay, so they knew, they knew at the time that if you take fat out of food, out of any type of processed food, if you reduce fat, it's tasteless. There's no, people won't buy it. They knew that if they take away fat, they'd have to put more sugar into it to make it palatable so the people would buy it. And that began the big trend of low-fat foods, low-fat this, low-fat that. Low-fat is code word for high sugar. So they started pumping sugar into everything. And sugar now is pervasive in our society. So now people will still refer to this fat versus sugar controversy. And people will argue when you say that sugar is causing our ill health and our problems, somebody in the room is going to stand up and say, what about fat? And right there, that all comes back to those studies. This, the, it was very, very smart for the sugar industry, the way they did it. Because by doing review papers, uh, especially if they got published in prominent journals, okay? Remember, they were using Harvard Medical School. Harvard University was putting these studies out. So it really shaped the whole scientific discussion. And it was probably the dirtiest move that an industry could ever pull on, its, on, on uh, our society because we, are, we have never been so ill, we have never been so fat, and we have never had so many chronic diseases. So that started in the 60s. I'm just a little kid. I'm playing in a sandbox in the backyard, so I'm not thinking too much about it. So, but then I go into this health food store for one reason or another, or another, and I pick up this book, Sugar Blues, and I read it cover to cover, and it literally changes my life. Okay, it, it changes my life. I, I'm just going to read the uh, the very beginning of the book here, where it talks about the name, the Sugar Blues. Sugar, refined sucrose produced by multiple chemical processing of the juice of the sugarcane or beet and removal of all fiber and protein, which amounts to 90% of the natural plant. Blues, a state of depression or melancholy overlaid with fear, physical discomfort, and anxiety, often expressed lyrically as an autobiographical chronicle of personal disaster. Isn't that flowery? Okay, I'm going to repeat that for blues. A study of depression or melancholy overlaid with fear, physical discomfort, and anxiety. So the Sugar Blues, the title of the book, Multiple Physical and Mental Miseries Caused by Human Consumption of Refined Sucrose, 
commonly called sugar. So one of the things that he talks about that I think really impacted me at the time as a 15-year-old and, and actually helped to push me in the directions of healthcare. So my life changed tremendously when I read Sugar Blues. So he compared the refining process. So he took the comparison with the poppy. So you have a poppy, which is a beautiful flower that at, at, back in the 60s, people were growing them all the time in their backyards. So you had the poppy. It gets reduced down and crushed down into opium. Then it gets refined further into morphine. And then it gets refined further again into heroin. You take the sugar cane or the beet. You crush it. You refine it. You process it. You process it. And in the end result, you have these strange white crystals that everybody... Uh, just absolutely loves and wants to be wants to be part of their life. So the sugar the sugar industry uh, was starting to make some really n negative moves that would affect our health for a long, long time. Now I got thinking about how did that affect me personally when I was uh, only 15 years old. What how did I subject my family? To the fact that all of a sudden I was this new anti-sugar advocate. So I decided to give my mom a call. My mom's uh, 85 years old. She lives up in, uh, in a northern community. And uh, I gave her a, a call and asked her exactly uh, how my uh, big change when I was 15 year old, years old might have impacted society. Now, as you take a listen to it, it's just a really short clip. Uh, one of the things she says when I say... Uh, when I talk about sugar inside the shake and bake mix that she made uh, chicken with, she immediately says, and what about salt? So this was also part of the argument that was presented back in the 60s when they, they tried to push the blame to anything. So they said, oh, people are getting ill. Oh, they're getting ill because of salt. They're getting ill because of fat. They're getting ill because of anything but sugar. And that was, uh, to this day, those types of things are still there. So uh, take a, a moment and have a listen to uh, a very interesting conversation with my mom in the fact that uh, you may think something has impacted you so much, and then it really didn't even make a blip on her radar. So it's kind of funny. Uh, so take a listen to this. I wanted to ask you if you can remember, I want to put a personal touch on it, but remember when I read that book, The Sugar Blues, I was about 15 years old. No, I don't remember. Because uh, I kind of became anti-sugar at that time. I was just wondering if it affected the family or if I asked you to cook differently or anything. Do you remember that at all? I've remembered over the years different ones of you, you know, trying not to eat sweet stuff, you know, not bake and that, but whether I, in you, you in particular, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, just because I'd read that book when I was about 15, and I, um, I... Can you get it from the library? Oh, I actually looked it up online. Yeah, I, you can read the whole thing online. It was mm. called The Sugar Blues by William Duffy. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I think I bought it at the health food store. There must have been a health food store. <clears throat> it was a paperback, and it really changed the way I think about sugar, and then I've been kind of an anti-sugar advocate all my life, so... And here we come at Christmas time, oh. with, and I've got stuff out on the table to bake a fudge cake. Well, that's that's kind of what made me start thinking about sugar, is how much it, well, yeah, it affects people. Day, so yeah. it, it, even at 85 years old, your son still will call you with a silly question, eh? <laughs> but everybody says, oh, you've got such a good memory, but I, I don't really, you know. Well, I just remember, remember having four kids around who needed to be you know, watched and taken care of, and 
So I, I, yeah, I just got thinking about that. I'm writing a little bit about sugar. Well, then you know, sugar is in everything now, and you got to. Well, it's you, like salt. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, there's salt in everything. Yeah, it's. Uh, mm. We have to really just be careful with processed foods. But you know, you're pretty good about eating good whole foods and that kind of thing. Oh yeah, well, I'm too lazy to be running out for stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I just take it out and I'll cook potatoes or I'll peel a few carrots or. You know stuff like that. So yesterday we had uh, chicken, chicken uh, with bake in the oven, and we had uh, little potatoes and a tin of corn. I mean that was a fairly balanced meal. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Did you know there's there's probably a little bit of sugar in that shake and bake mix? Oh, and in the carrots too. Oh, the carrots. Oh, carrots, I think, have a lot of sugar. Like natural oh, oh, natural, sugar. for sure, yeah. They have a ton of natural sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, nothing added or anything. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been, uh, I've had sugar on my mind today, so I thought I'd give you a call, because it was pretty disruptive for me, because I, I stopped eating, like, candy bars and ice cream and, and everything. And then, of course, you know, I mean, I've gone on and off over the years, but it's always been, I've always been interested in sugar and the effects of sugar on health. Oh, no, I, well, I've thought about it a lot because, and, and I know it's got really not a lot to do with it because there's so much diabetes in the family. Mm-hmm. You know, three generations of it and uh, on both sides of the family, the Valtries and the Higgins. Well, may, so, maybe me avoiding extra sugar all my life has helped me to avoid diabetes because I... Well, it could be, yeah, but, I, I, but Louie's a big sugar eater. I think he likes sweet stuff all the time. And uh, he's the only one of the boys who didn't even have the uh, uh, stage two or whatever. He has, as far as I know, oh, yeah. mind you. He says, if I go in the hospital or I die, nobody's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I live next door. I know when you have a poop, for God's yeah, sake. We, we know each other well. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Bill just took my car for a run. It's quite cold up here. so. Yeah, it's cold down here, too. It's minus six uh-huh. down here. Yeah, we were minus 15 yesterday morning. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I'm going to let you go. Just I'm in the middle of a, my um, this thing I'm writing, yeah. and I got just got thinking about it, if it had ever impacted you. So no, you, no, you, no, not that I can remember, Bruce. Yeah. I, oh. wish, I wish I could help you more. No, no, it's all good. Okay, I'll talk yeah, to you later, okay, man. I'll talk to you okay, again. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. So I want to talk a little bit about, uh, about sugar. I hope you enjoyed that little clip with my mom. I think I'm going to make a... Uh, a call to my mom, a regular part of the show. I enjoy talking to her, and she's certainly got some insight for me from the uh, an older generation, from that silent generation. And my mom sounds really good, too, doesn't she? You'd think you were talking to a 50-year-old when you uh, hear her voice. Wonderful voice, wonderful lady. So I talked a little bit about the way uh, sugar, uh, the sugar industry has been lying to us and telling us that... Uh, Sugar is not the cause of our ill health, our obesity, our heart disease, our inflammation. No, they're telling us that uh, fat is the reason for all of that. But another way that they trick us is uh, they give sugar a lot of different names. So uh, we call this hidden in plain sight. Because if you're reading an ingredient list and you looked at all the sugars inside something, it might add up to a lot. But if you split it into maybe uh, seven or eight or maybe ten different products, that are all still sugar, 
that all have different names, it might look a little more appealing to somebody, especially somebody who's uh, woke and trying to avoid sugar. So sugar right now has 61 different names, okay, in labeling and packaging. As you may have guessed, on any given label, there could be as many as 10 or more different names listed. Uh, the sugar industry is as powerful as it is today because uh, they're very good at getting around labeling laws. So I'm going to read you the different names of sugar. Uh, prepare to be shocked. Agave nectar, Barbados sugar, barley malt, barley malt syrup, beet sugar, brown sugar, buttered syrup, cane juice, cane juice crystals, cane sugar, caramel, carob syrup, castor sugar, coconut palm sugar, coconut sugar, confectioner's sugar, corn sweetener, corn syrup, corn syrup solids, date sugar, dehydrated cane juice, damara sugar, dextrin, dextrose. Dextrose is a common one. Evaporated cane juice, free-flowing brown sugars, fructose, fruit sugar, fruit juice concentrate, glucose, glucose solids, golden sugar, golden syrup, grape sugar, high fructose corn syrup, honey, icing sugar, invert sugar, malt syrup, malodextrin, maltol, maltose, mannose, those are all the uh, alcohol sugars, maple syrup, molasses, muscadavo, palm sugar, panacha, powdered sugar, raw sugar, refiner's syrup, rice syrup, saccharose, sorghum syrup, sucrose, sugar, sweet sorghum, syrup, treacle, turbinado, turbinado sugar, and yellow sugar. Wow. That's a lot of different names for the same sweet, sickly poison that people love to consume. Okay, so we tend to think that added sugar is mainly found in desserts like cookies and cakes, but it's also found in many savory foods such as bread and pasta sauce. And some foods promoted as natural or healthy are laden with added sugars, compounding the confusion. In fact, manufacturers add sugar to 74% of packaged foods sold in supermarkets. So that's it. That's the key. The packaged foods. They are processed foods. 74% of processed foods have sugar added. So even if you skip dessert, you may be consuming more added sugar than is recommended. Okay, so how do you know if you're eating added sugar? The government requires food producers to list all the ingredients in their foods. Okay, so but added sugar has all of these different names. So that's how they get around it. So the only way to really truly understand sugar content is by reading the label. And thank God that we have decent labeling laws. They could get better, but they're good. So learning how to read a label is so, so important. I was talking to you about the uh, class, the lecture I was doing at Fanshawe, and part of my three-hour lecture on sugar is I take a projector out that can project a, uh, an image up onto a big screen, because there's about 60 kids in the class each year, and uh, I take just 
different cans and boxes out of the school. Um, it's not a cafeteria. It's more like a, a shared lunchroom. And so the people have uh, food in the cupboards there. I just randomly go and grab a few items from there. And I bring them, on, bring them up and I put them on. And we take a look at the sugar content. And they're shocked. And a lot of the students have never, ever uh, read labels. They don't know how to read labels. They've never thought it was important to read labels. And uh, they were absolutely shocked when they saw the sugar content of some of these common goods. So, so because of the different names, the ingredient list isn't good enough. You have to look at the labels, okay? Okay, and the important number is to go is, is where it says sugar. It says sugar right there, okay? So <clears throat> look at the amount of sugar in the products that you're buying. My rule of thumb, I try to buy whole foods, okay? Whole foods, that means no label. It means it's a it's a celery or it's it's a lettuce it's it's a cantaloupe it is a chicken those don't have ingredient lists but if I buy anything that's processed uh, say like a, a flavored cheese or a, a sauce of some kind I, I look for the ver a very short ingredient list okay I look for the sugars and I look for any additives so I will always choose the product that has the fewest ingredients and the least amount of added or uh, of added sugars okay so that's just a way of life for me that's not a dieting method it's just a way of living uh, I do just will not consume products that have uh, mile-long ingredient lists or that have uh, high amounts of sugar in them so it's unlike salts and fats okay so you want to know how much is okay if you look at salts there's a kind of a label that tells you what the daily reference is okay for salt you shouldn't have this much more than this much salt there's nothing like that for sugar so there are just some recommendations okay so the American Heart Association they recommend no more than nine teaspoons or 38 grams of sugar a day for men six teaspoons for women children should have between three to six teaspoons so even that to me seems like a, a absolutely enormous amount of sugar every day uh, I think it's way way too much okay so but the big thing is the added sugars you just have to be aware aware of them in in a can of coke what's that little case, piece of paper 33 grams of sugar in a can of coca-cola 33 grams okay so that's uh, uh, that's like eight eight teaspoons of sugar just in the can of coke okay one leading brand of yogurt contains seven teaspoons or 29 grams of sugar a breakfast bar a breakfast bar made with real fruit 15 grams of sugar a single cup of brand cereal with uh, raisins 20 grams of sugar cranberry pomegranate juice okay 100 percent vitamin c that's the big ad on it contains 30 grams of sugar so one serving of one of these sweet drinks, and you're beyond what the American Heart Association recommends, or the American Medical Association recommends. So read the labels, okay? Try not to, uh, try not to buy anything with high sugar in it. And if it's got a long ingredient list, and it's got a lot of, of names in it that you can't pronounce, really. Do you want to put that in your body? Get rid of it. Put it down. Okay, so here's a real fun fact, okay? North Americans consume 57 pounds of added sugar every year on average. 57 pounds, that's almost 26 kilograms, okay? The size of a large dog, 
Year after year, thousands of extra calories causing your liver to turn to fat and your belly to explode in size. 57 pounds of poison causing your arteries to clog up, your arthritis to scream every day with unexpected inflammation. Your stools will be sticky and tarry, your skin will be ragged, and soon, if the whole thing goes the way Big Sugar wants it to, you will soon be diabetic and consuming mountains of drugs to just make it through the next day of sugar consumption. It's a dopamine chasing circle that is never enough. Sugar addiction is as real as any other addiction, and in the end, if you do not get control of the addiction, it will kill you. It'll kill you slowly, it'll kill you sweetly, but it will kill you. Sugar kills, you know, you know it now. So start today to eliminate all the sugars from your diet. That includes fruits and especially fruit juices, okay? Minimize your fruits. A glass of orange juice has just as much sugar as a bottle of pop or cola. I know I will get flack for advising to reduce fruit intake, Fruit has somehow been the holy grail of foods. It is so awesomely good that it cannot be questioned. Fruit is good, and if you say it isn't, you are a Nazi. No, no, it's not that bad, but it is tough. But at the very least, reduce fruit, okay? Don't eat it every day. Just try that. Try going every other day with fruit and see how you feel afterwards. It's tough. It's tough. If you've been eating and loving sugar your entire life, you got to start small, okay? It's going to go over, a, it's going to be, I'm going to try to go over a few tips to help you on the journey to, to try to take sugar out of your life, okay? It's a toxic relationship. You will be better off without it. Just remember that when the sweet smell of a Cinnabon has you walk in the wrong direction in the mall, take a good smell and underneath it, think about all that high fructose corn syrup that is oozing out on every part of it. Be conscious. I'm going to go over these tips really, really quick, okay? You've heard the evidence. Sugar is basically a poison that you voluntarily consume, uh, sometimes in large and regular quantities, okay? So people become addicted to sugar the same way they become addicted to drugs. So how do you quit anything when it's, when it's quit? You, first, you understand the scientific evidence is there, okay? Eating sugar... It, it is. It can be pleasurable. You know, it stimulates pleasure centers in our brain. Uh, we often associate it with pleasurable activities and social occasions like birthdays and holidays. You might even reward yourself with sugar, thinking that you deserve something like a little sweet. Okay, so there's lots of evidence that you like sugar. Okay, and there's lots of evidence that sugar is, is killing you. Okay, so you have to make that decision whether you're going to reduce it or not. Okay, so number one, First step in making any behavior change is to decide to make the change, okay? That's it. Decide you want to do it. Decide you are going to stop using sugar. How are you going to do it? Are you going to stop putting sugar in your coffee? Are you going to cut, it out, uh, uh, cut out dessert? Are you going to keep track of every gram of sugar? So you have to s say you're going to do it, and then you have to think of concrete ways to start doing it. Next step is to become more mindful of what you are thinking, okay? What you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're doing, okay? Don't go through life on autopilot. Okay, once you've committed and started your plan of consuming less sugar, start paying attention to any cravings. Write them down. What was your mood when you had that craving? What were you thinking of? Try to start to be in control by being conscious and being present. So then once you have a better understanding of the triggers and the habitual patterns that challenge your attempts to stay on the plan, 
you can develop strategies for managing your cravings. Okay? For example, if you found that you tend to crave something sweet every day in the middle of the afternoon, you could make a plan to go for a short walk uh, with a friend or go visit a friend, go do something else. Okay? Or if you find that your cravings are often about soothing and distressing emotions, develop a list of alternative ways to relax, other ways to calm down, meditating, talking to a friend, taking a hot bath. And five, you can maximize your chances of using these strategies by taking good care of yourself. It starts with making sure you get proper amount of sleep, making sure that you eat well in other respects, not just reducing sugar. You want to eat good quality foods, good quality whole foods, and you want to get a proper amount of sleep. You want to drink a good amount of water. You want to get exercise. Those are all part of taking care of yourself. Just the fact that you've listened to this podcast about sugar tells me that you are ready to make the move. You are ready to give up sugar. And I think that it is, uh, it is uh, time to begin. Okay, so thanks, thanks for listening to the podcast. It'd be great if you could hit subscribe or uh, hit like. Uh, send me a comment. You can send me a comment to icoldpeople, all one word, icoldpeople.ca. You can uh, listen to the podcast there, or uh, you can uh, send me a comment through our comments section. You can also contact me at my email address, icoldpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.